Sonoma. Welcome back. My guest today is actually Bruno Frejani. He's here live with me in the studio. He's originally from Brazil, but 13 years ago, lived in Sonoma. We're glad to have him back. Hello, Sonoma. Welcome back. Again, I'm here with my guest Bruno Frejani. Bruno is originally from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. He's now a strategic planning specialist for an international energy company, but he spent one year as an exchange student at Sonoma Valley High School 13 years ago. He's back to visit, and we're so excited to have you on the program. Bruno, how are you? Hey, San Francisco. Thank you for having me here. So um, what's it like to be back? Oh, it's kind of crazy, actually, because I only noticed that it's been 13 years when I got back to Sonoma. And I noticed that the city hasn't changed much. <laughs> uh, the city hasn't changed much. And that's something that it really helped me out by re remembering everything I, I went through here. As you mentioned, I was in Sonoma Valley High School, right? I was a senior in the class of 2010 here. And I had a blast here. And we're going to talk about it later, right? Yeah, we are going to talk about it. But let's, uh, so let's just talk about it now, actually. What was it like being in Sonoma... <laughs> For the first time, you arrived in 2009, right? Yeah, I did. I, I got here in August 2009, 2009 and it, I was an exchange student for AFS. That's a, a big, like, it was the first exchange, exchange student company in the world. And I got here through a scholarship, actually, and it was really crazy because... Um, my parents couldn't afford, for for sure, they couldn't afford uh, to send their kid away. And I, I battled so much to get this scholarship, and it was so humbling for me and for my family to, to have me here. I never heard of Sonoma. When they told me I was coming to Sonoma, I was like, where is that? <laughs> yeah. So for people who were uh, alive back then in 2009, we only went to Google Maps and we started uh, street viewing. And there wasn't many pictures of Sonoma back then in 2009. And I just thought like it was such a cozy town even before I got here. And that would be like the best place for me to, to be. Uh, especially because I come from Rio, as you mentioned before, and it's such a huge city down there in Brazil. And being here in Sonoma was really awesome. Yeah, it's a total change. But this wasn't your first time in the United States. Um, you'd been to Orlando before. Uh, you, you've been around, and again, for those who don't know, know, AFS stands for American Field Service, which promotes intercultural exchanges mostly for young people. So what are some of the memories that come to mind when you picture yourself first arriving in Sonoma? The first thing, um, as you know, like exchange students, they are assigned to host families, right? Um, I got a family uh, who was temporary at the time, um, Actually, it was just one person, Jim McQuady. I don't know if you guys heard of her, but <laughs> she's amazing. And we're actually going to have dinner tonight. And I was a temporary with her because um, people didn't, like, since I got a scholarship, they didn't have time to assign everyone on the right time. And she said, hey, let's get Bruno to Sonoma, and maybe someone will pick him up later. And the thing is, she never tried to give me to someone else. Like, she, we were having such a good time when we were here. Um, and then she, she was like, hey, what, what do you think about we, you, we keep you? And I was like, okay, that's great. That's amazing. That's what I want. And that's what she did. And we spent uh, one year. I was like her kid for that one year. And since then, I always call her mom. Even though he's my host mom, I always call her mom. And I love her so much. She gave me so much uh, joy and so much amazing memories uh, as a, a host mom. She made me feel home. And by knowing Sonoma so well, I was always so, so happy. And I could do, like, everything I could here in Sonoma. And she was amazing. Yeah. Did, so did you know anything about her before you arrived? No, I did not. I only knew that she was a coordinator for AFS here in Sonoma. And that was a temporary kid, and that was it. Isn't that amazing? You you set off for a new country that you've heard a lot about. You've been checking on the Google Street View, but ultimately you don't even know anything about the person you're going to be staying with. 
and it turns into a beautiful relationship. And you know, I think that's actually something really good about the program. We're not sponsoring, like uh, AFS not sponsoring us, okay no, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if they want to though. <laughs> if they want to, if you guys are hearing us, yeah, please do. But it's so amazing how AFS works because they started right after the Second World War. It's like something that they would make like kids from armies, like exchange kids from armies. And, and that's like army, like kids who were um, children of the army guys, you know, like to, for the people. And that started like we need to have a multicultural world. We need that to stop wars and all of those other things. So that's the amazing part that they assign us. We don't know much of the of the of the family, and that's great because we don't have like a picture of how that's gonna be like. We don't know if they're gonna be you know nice. We don't we don't know anything actually. We just we just hope that we'll get along. And of course, there are some people who don't get along to their families. They they are reassigned, but thank God that they didn't need to help with me or anyone else who was what's here in Sonoma. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, you know, as a Brazilian, I'm sure you've had many cultural messages about what American high school would be like and about all the different adventures in the school bus and the prom and everything. How did it match up to those expectations? Oh, yeah, they actually exceeded a lot of the expectations. Uh, actually, the first week, it did not. Let me tell you guys, Sonoma Valley High School doesn't have lockers, if you know, like lockers. In all the movies we saw, they're lockers, <laughs> you know. So, so you're deceived. That was kind of a, a big bummer in the beginning. So I don't know why they don't have lockers, uh, but if they are thinking about it, please do, because exchange students will be happy before <laughs> that. Uh, and then, like, that was the first week. But then going to school every day and being so welcomed by, so well welcomed by, by our, my peers and my friends, uh, it, it over exceeded everything else. Like prom, as you mentioned, that was really that was really embarrassed for me because I was like, "Oh my God, what's gonna happen? Who should I should I should I pick?" And but she accepted it, so that was great. And we did have a chance to to ride on a limo to San Francisco. It was amazing. Like I didn't as I of course I had a lot of expectations, you know, before coming here. But I tried always not to, you know, live my my life, my everyday life here, um, trying to compare to those expectations. Yeah. And I think that was great because everything that happened, it kind of exceeded it. So kind of related to that, United States is present in the culture of many other countries just yes. because of how much stuff we put out, movies, the Disney Channel. I mean, as a, from a kid, you've been hearing about the United States. Obviously, I mentioned you'd been to Orlando, which is its own special world. Yeah. But were there any other things that you that surprised you when you came here, or that you saw and were like, "Wow, that it really is like that." Yeah. Um, it's funny because, as you mentioned, we like pretty much every movie or most of the movies we watch in Brazil are from here or yeah. from the northern hemisphere, for, uh, per se. So coming here, we knew that. Um, there was like a patriotism behind the U.S. and of course you guys went to wars and all of that. But like seeing the 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 flags on some houses, yeah. that was really something that really came to my mind because I thought that was something that the movies put on the movies just so we would think that's an American house, yeah. even though it's obvious it's an American house. You guys yeah. have your own style, but um, that was something that really came to my mind when I was here. That yeah, it's not only a movies, right? It, you can see it and you can feel it because people were always so um, humble to be American. You know, like I didn't, I wasn't here through Olympics, but I know how you guys live the Olympics and, you know, I know how you guys live it. Yeah, it's a, it's a big part of the, of the culture here. So talking about flags. Yeah, sorry let's to, talk about flags. Um, I saw the, some Ukraine flags coming here to, to the way some, to yeah, the stations. Yeah, Ukraine flags, yeah. And that's so, uh, that's something that really, um, it, it makes me proud to be here sometimes because you guys uh, take a stand, like when you, you know you need it. And we know what's going on in Ukraine. You know, I don't know, I don't want to put my opinion here, 
But it's always interesting to see that even though you guys are in a small town, you know, it, it, you um, make a way to, to put your own stand. And it's really important for you guys to, to, to do that. And by doing just by putting some Ukraine flings, the hair, come on, that's, that says a lot, you know, yeah. so it's pretty nice. So, you know, since then, you've come back to the United States a couple other times. But from your time in Sonoma and other experiences in the United States, were there any qualities that you feel like you can attribute to the United States beyond the cultural messaging you got from from movies and TV? Does that make sense? Like you kind of just mentioned patriotism, yeah. like subtle patriotism of having a flag out in front of your house. Um, you mentioned the welcoming of Jean who welcomed you into her house. Were there any other things like that kind of qualities that you consider to be American? Yeah, that's a toughie, actually. Um, but if a, if I can put, like, my experience uh, of being a Brazilian in the U.S. Um, was, I, I of course, I cannot say that for everyone who is a foreigner here. But I was, as you mentioned, I was so welcomed. Like, uh, I was really, people didn't take me as a strange. And that for me was really important because I didn't know how... They would accept me in high school, you know. I I was just seventeen at the time, and just by being here and people like they didn't. Of course, I was Brazilian. Come on, I have an accent. I still do, <laughs> and I know that. But they they didn't. You know, it's not like a label thing that people did. And of course, I don't know that if that was because I was in Sonoma. If Sonoma, Sonoma is a welcoming city, or the people from Sonoma. Uh, the Sonomans, as you taught me yesterday, yeah. <laughs> uh, if people from here are more welcoming. But um, that's something that really I'm really proud uh, of the U.S. So one thing I think is really incredible is, like you mentioned, you arrived here, you didn't know anybody, you had no idea what to expect. You were just some 17-year-old Brazilian yeah. coming to the, the small-town high school that you'd seen in movies, and, except minus the lockers. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but eventually you graduated. You were a senior in high school, and you graduated with a cap and gown and everything as part of the class in 2010. Yeah. What did that feel like? Yeah, for me, that was actually, uh, we had some trouble I, I, I wasn't supposed to walk, and <laughs> I don't know what what was her name at the time. The principal didn't want me to walk. I'm not leaving <laughs> anyone here. Sorry if you're hearing, but that's the truth. Um, and Jean, since we're talking about Jean, Jean was so um, mad that I I went all for all the, the senior year, and I wasn't going to walk, you know, and that's like the most yeah. important part of it's it. It's iconic. You know? I didn't need like a diploma because I just went to Brazil and transferred the credits, so, so that was enough. But like the day of the graduation was something that wasn't supposed to happen, and if it wasn't for Jean, uh, who really fought for me to be there, and she went over to the Sonoma County really? Council. I, yeah, she did something, right? <laughs> and so I walked, and... I didn't have a diploma, like uh, the certificate wasn't in, when I opened it, it was blank, <laughs> but no one knew that. So, but that was like one of the most amazing experience I had. And I, I couldn't, it's funny cause I, I never pictured myself like doing that. And it's not, it's beside the movies. It's besides everything else. We'll get to it in the, in this, in this conversation, but, uh, it's, so much more about like having cultures to totally different yeah. and how we can, you know, experience and be welcomed and, you know, and in the end, we're all the same. You yeah, know, we're all totally. humans be human beings trying to, to live our lives and have the best of it. So, but speaking of other cultures, you came from a big city, Rio yeah. de Janeiro, population 6.7 million, to Sonoma, population maximum 15,000. Is that is that it? It's something like that. Okay. We're somewhat liberal with the numbers around <laughs> here. <laughs> but what was that change like, and how did it affect your perspective on where you live today? Yeah. One of the things is that just by being here, um, I noticed that people noticed me. Yeah, that's mm. not only because I was a different guy here who had an accent and was from Brazil, but because, as you mentioned, we're so so few here in Sonoma, so everyone knows everyone else, and and that makes like it it, it comfortable yeah. 
yeah. you know, to to be here and to, and of course, if you do something wrong, everyone will know. Everyone so <laughs> I, I tried not to do those things, but uh, it, it was always like really, really challenging for me to, because in Rio, come on, if you just, if you walk on the street, you're not going to meet anyone that you know, you're not going to, you have a, a more liberty, if you will, you know, to, to do whatever you want, good or bad. Mm -hmm. But here, um, everyone knows you and it's so, and it's actually really, really good that you have that because you feel like you're in a community. I didn't feel that when I was at home. I only like, I had like my family and I knew people like my neighbors, like one or two neighbors. I didn't know everyone else. And yeah. Brazil, it's so, there's so many people all the time, you know, totally. and so you don't feel part. You know, and here I, even though I wasn't from here originally, I felt part of it. So, of what it. were some ways in which you felt like you were part of it? Because it's one thing to know people's names on the street, but it's another thing to feel like you're part of it. Yeah, um, like since I, I told you, like I was welcomed, so I didn't feel like I was the different one all the time. I was welcomed, so that was some, something that made me part of it. But just by going to farmers market, you know, and. Yeah. and and be be there if with everyone else that you know come on even though it wasn't all, all people from the school or if it was something someone from the shop and someone i knew just to have that kind of converse, conversation and you know talk well about sonoma yeah. you know and maybe call my friends and say hey you guys should go to sonoma eventually in your lifetime and i kind of we we have a saying in brazil that we we wore the the t-shirt, you know, when we, <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we would translate that. For it's two. like wearing the jersey or something like representing the thing. Yeah, to represent. So I did do that for Sonoma and I was so humbled to be here, you know. Well, we were so lucky to have you here. I know that when I, when you came here, I was little. I was like, well, little. I was <laughs> about yeah. to be a freshman in high school or I was a freshman in high school. And it was so cool to have this like Brazilian older brother coming here who was, <laughs> At, at the same time, new and also had ex life experience. So it's so cool to have you on the program. We're going to have to take a quick break in just a little bit, um, but we'll be back soon on Hello Sonoma. Anything else you want to say before we go to the break? Uh, we have a lot of to, to tell you guys, so please stick, stick around. Stick around for us. Stick around. <laughs> Hello, Sonoma. Welcome back. I'm here with my guest, Bruno Frejanis. We were just talking about the differences of living in a big city like Rio de Janeiro versus living in a small town like Sonoma. I wanted to go back and tell you, talk to you about your time in Brazil. Okay. You went on to study, after your incredible high school experience in Sonoma, you went on to study civil engineering at the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro. What were you hoping to get out of that civil engineering degree? Oh, yeah, a lot. I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm just going to say that I didn't get as much as I could, <laughs> <laughs> but um, right after I, I I went back to Brazil, um, since okay, school years here in Brazil are different. They are like they are flipped. apart for yeah, they're flipped by six months, right? Um, we start our school year in Gen January and we end it in December, like the calendar. Yeah, and so I arrived there in August 2010, and I had like some some time to to you know re remember everything like that i didn't you know through that one year here in the u.s of course i, I was studying here so but m some of the things they were like actually more complex when i was there in the in in brazil in brazil were were more complex than here so i got there i got back to brazil and i had like three months to study for my sats there mm -hmm. um which i did um specifically chemistry which i totally forgot what, <laughs> what it was about um and yeah so i did i went to this uh, small course and i had some friends to help me out and it was enough for me to to go to a public school in brazil like a really big public school um which as you said it's a federal university and those are like those are the best ones that's really hard to get in you need to take a very you need to be the highest scores on the exams yeah and it was i'm not gonna say that um 
I'm so humbled to be able to do that and to remember everything. But I really had like a good education before coming here. And my time here in America also made me like rethink some stuff and to to like put that in 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 the right place in my mind. So I went back there and studied for three months. And hey, I took my SATs and that was enough for me to go to the Federal University of Rio. And as you mentioned, the course uh, civil engineering is not that easy to get into. No. Um, and and I did. So I started on uh, in college on March in March on 2011 and uh, uh, talking about college why did I choose civil engineering um, I always wanted to to know how you know uh, buildings and bridges were built you know that's such a you know but just by crossing Golden Gate Bridge yeah you're like you, you want to at least I did I wanted to know hey how did that come up and that's something that really st it, it, it stayed in my mind. So going to civil engineering, I knew that was going to be a, like a good um, a profession in Brazil because there are a lot of civil engineers coming um, coming out of the college, and that was like there, there was market for that. Of course, after I started college, you know, Brazilian economy didn't do so so well, and but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> and but just by you know choosing and being able to to go back and study for three months and go to to a public university that was amazing for me. So you signed up for civil engineering. You wanted to become a part of this world that you saw all around you, the bridges, the buildings. Yeah. Uh, is that what you got out of it eventually? Yeah, for that time, you know, for that those six years, six and a half years that I was in college, yes, I did. Like I I had a. A glimpse of what a civil engineer would do, uh, but right after that, you know, because of the economy that that I mentioned uh, wasn't doing so well, I had to, you know, just find something else and you know look for other stuff that maybe would be as general as you wish in a in a crisis, you know. Yeah. So I started today, as you as you said before, I'm a um, I'm a uh, strategic planning analyst in a in a generation company, um, and that's just because I started to you know get away from the civil engineering field, if you will, um, right when I exit uh, college. Yeah, I did get a job right after. You know, I started like to I start I worked as a civil engineer for three years in a huge construction company in Brazil. Um, but I knew that that wasn't going to be as many uh, civil works and, you know, as many buildings bu needed yeah. to be built. And so that's why I kind of started to to scooch a little bit <laughs> to others' fields. So uh, why I ask you about that is because, you know, our lives can take a lot of different paths in a lot of diff in many different ways. They twist and turn. And yours started in civil engineering and then kind of yeah. twisted and turned into where you are today. But part of your journey has always been travel. It seems like you caught the travel bug early with various experiences. Besides living in Sonoma, you went on to live for a year in Australia. Yeah. Why Australia? <laughs> Why Australia? I wanted to get as far as I could to Brazil. That's what I tell my mom. But that's not true. Um, we, even though our economy is starting to go bad in Brazil after 2014, 2015, um, our government was so, um, willing to give us the best education they could. Mm -hmm. So we had a variety of, um, scholarships in, in Brazil to go to other countries and, you know, study and have, uh, a better degree. Even though I was in one of the the best schools in, in Brazil, you know, when you go out and you, you not only the like the culture side of it, but also the the way that other civil engineers yeah. they they build and they you know they they their minds uh, work. Um, that's what we did. So I went to Australia for one year. I I got there in. Right after the World Cup, the 2014 World Cup, so in July, and I went back to Brazil in 
July 2014, and then I got back to Brazil in, in June 2015. My time in Australia was amazing. Like, um, even though I had lived out um, abroad before, Australia is totally different than yeah. the U.S. I, maybe you have some guests here from Australia. You They, they could tell you, like, <laughs> even deeper. But um, Australia is so laid back all the time. You know, people are so... Um, people walk barefoot on streets, you know, that they just don't care you know, sometimes. <laughs> so where in Australia were you? Oh, I was in Sydney. Okay. I went to the University of New South Wales, which is the state where Sydney is in. Right. Um, and I got there and I was like, hey, that's going to be a piece of cake, right? So I'm in, I'm in another country. You know, I already did that in the U.S. But, you know, another time I had to adapt to the culture, you know. Yeah. And, of course, I had some idea of, what Australia would be like, and it wasn't as because um, there are not too many movies of Australia, you know, not and, nearly as many. Yeah, that we saw in Brazil at least. Um, so I had to adapt to Australia, and the, the timing there is different. Their humor is totally different, the American humor. And but it it was it was a piece of cake again because um, this time I stayed with more Brazilians. Um, um, in Sydney, because since it was a government thing, you know, Brazilians stick together. Lots of Brazilians, yeah. At that time, yeah. And so it was, it was actually actually easier, uh, even though I had to, like the the courses were more complex than, of course, high school. But um, it was actually easier because I had that part of the Brazilian community with you me. You still had that connection. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think are some uh, some lessons that you learned from your time in Australia? Some things that you took back with you. Um, that was another chance I had to rethink like my route, and that's what I did. You know, while there, I I started to think, hey, I I should be more uh, take more the the generalistic side of the courses, and let's not you know decide right now which field of civil engineering should I do, and you know don't stick to it till the end. Right. So that that was a really good opportunity for me to to re- rethink and to meditate actually about like what what was going on and what I was choosing to my life. Um but on the the personal aspect that was uh, an amazing opportunity for me to find myself. Mm-hmm. You know and um this time I didn't have a host mom. Yeah. You know, I didn't have anyone to to go back to and Say hey, um, I did that, or hey, should I do that? Mm-hmm. I had like to choose my own path, and and so I did. You know, I chose my um, the like I had to to pay my bills. You know, even though the government was giving me some money and I had to pay my bills, I had to to decide uh, what to do and where to do, and so that was really that was really strong for me and it's not i'm not here comparing cultures okay so it's just like something that like bruno at that time was a different person was totally a different person yeah so it seems like after that piece of cake in australia <laughs> as you mentioned it well i just say that because for a lot of people it's super uncomfortable to go live in a new place it's yeah. they don't speak your language they might not know where Brazil is, you know, they might not know that much about it. And for you to go there, it's pretty cool that you were able to transform your perspective and say like, hey, this is easy, I can do this. But the travel bug stuck with you. You've since been to Europe, Asia, Southeast Asia, you've been, you were just in Hawaii, you're going tomorrow to see the snow. Traveling is something that a lot of people aspire to, a lot of people think about. But in your experience, what do you see as the value of travel? Uh, you know, when you put yourself in a vulnerable um, position of going away to somewhere that, hey, people don't know who you are and people don't, you know, actually know your language. They don't know how how does your mind work, you know, because yeah. that's so, um, so amazing to be able to do that. And by traveling, you do that in one shot, you know, you, you, there is no way you coming back home after you pay like a round trip fare. Yeah, such you can't an just ex- give up. You can't just give up. So, what I tried to do, like when I was in my twenties, um, I went to to 
hostels, you know, so there I could, you know, just talk to people from all, all over the world. Um, and those were the, the, the actually the best moments because that's when you, you can, you know, just transfer culture. You can talk about your country. You can talk humbly about your culture, uh, your country. You can um, tell people what do you think about what's going on in the world and not only what you see in your bubble, you know, and that's really amazing. So I, you say I got a, a travel bug, but that's just something that uh, I do just so I can have my mind open for everything that's going on. And I know programs such as yours, you know, help us like rethink and kind of reshape our brain. But going out and going to to other places, that's when you you're vulnerable enough to just absorb, yeah. you know, and just see not in, not only like a landscape and other things, but like the culture, you know. And totally. some sometimes, you know, when they were talking, hey, look at that that country and look how people from that country think. But if you dig really deeper, they we all think alike, you know, we all want to be successful in our careers. We all want to, to be happy to, to keep close to our family as much as we can. Um, you know, it's, it's all human being kind of thing. So, and when you go to those places, that's when you, you, like for me, I have a compass and when I'm working too much, when I'm, um, staying in Brazil and staying in that same mindset, uh, all the time that's when i my compass is like it's derailing you know it's like going to to another um, yeah. path so i i have to go out and see the world to to put it back on track so one thing i love is that interviewing guests like you can give all of our listeners the opportunity to travel a little bit just through yeah. these airwaves so i'm hoping that you can share with us i know this is a big question but i'm wondering if you can share with us what it was like to grow up in brazil okay going back to brazil yeah, Brazil, as you guys... Okay, so when I say Brazil, I want you guys who are listening to think of the first thing you guys think of Brazil. Okay, I'll give you two seconds. Hey, you might say soccer. Yeah, most of you probably say it's soccer. We should have a poll. Yeah, soccer will probably be the first one. We're not doing that great, but we might win the World Cup. Yay. Uh, <laughs> and, I hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Second thing you might think about Brazil is coffee. Yeah, people like Brazilian coffee. I don't know if you, we have, you guys had an experience with Brazilian coffee, but um, yeah, that's something that um, most people remember of the, the when we, we, when Brazil comes to mind. Um, another thing is like beautiful people, you know, the Brazilian women, the Brazilian guys. Yeah, that's something that uh, a lot of people remember when we talk about Brazil. But Brazil is way more than that. Of course, you guys. Um, um, let me talk about like Brazilian people, like the average Brazilian person. Um, well, let me interrupt you here. Yeah, sure. I'm curious about like where did you grow up? Okay, I grew up in Rio, as you mentioned. I went. I was in a, a neighborhood, not a wealthy neighborhood in Rio. Um, sometimes we had this. Um, how how can I say like the the bad guys you know they they were on the streets and we saw them with their arms on and it wasn't that that good for me and I always wanted to to leave not Brazil or Rio I wanted to leave that neighborhood because um, I was you know I didn't think that would be like where I could you know be successful at or thrive. Um, so, but yeah, there was, it wasn't a favela, you know, you guys can picture favelas, but it wasn't that a favela, but we call it a community. We mm -hmm. call it in Brazil comunidades. Yeah. Um, those are places that, Hey, it's not really a good place to grow up in. And that's probably why I always had this, this, this travel bug, this travel bug on me. So know? was it like, did you, did you play soccer after school? Did you walk to school? Like, what was that like? I was never a good talker play here you know so i didn't try that much but um it was like a a, a street that i could you know have my friends um uh, playing you know like we we would go to each other's house and we could play you know some video games some um stay out and playing like not only soccer but like actual brazilian games that we play with our friends and it, even though it was like it wasn't really 
um, secure to live in that place, like for the people who were there, for the people who lived there, that was secure enough for us to, to play on the streets and to have that. And Brazilian people, like why we were saying, talking about Brazilian people, we are so, it's, it's hard to explain actually, but we kind of, we tend to connect really fast, yeah. you know? So people, when something is going on, something is weird to someone else, like just by looking at your face, we're like, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? You know, we actually have like good relationship with our neighbors. Yeah, when when we're not living in, in big buildings, you know, so when we, we are like on streets, so I was like on this um, suburb street in, in Rio de Janeiro, uh, we actually knew about their lives and we, mm -hmm. we would help them out. We would actually always try to connect. And that's something that Brazilians always do. Always do. You always have a Brazilian smiling when you go to Brazil and, you know, they want you to learn. They want you to get um, well together, you know, with each other. So I'm so glad you mentioned connection because that's what this is all about. And I'm Again, glad that you're here on the program. We're going to have to take another quick break. Okay. We'll be right back with our Brazilian connection here on Hello Sonoma. Hello Sonoma and welcome back. I'm here with my guest Bruno Frejanes. We were just talking about his experience growing up in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil and his experience coming back to Sonoma after 13 years. It's so it's so cool that you're back to visit. So We've talked about how the city feels on your journey here. How do you think you've changed since you first arrived? Oh, wow. You know, when I arrived here, I did the math, and I was like, 13 years. Come on, that's a lifetime, you know. <laughs> and so, first of all, uh, I in those 13 years, I had like uh, I had the chance to 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 become the the engineer I wanted to be yeah. like since I was a kid uh, and that was uh, really amazing for me to not only put my mind into it but be able to do that and you know get out of it and you know um, be be proud of who I was as an engineer um, I also was able to to reconnect to to my family and friends, you know, from from my high school in Brazil, at that time, and I I really needed that, I guess. So this travel bug, probably, when you dig a little deeper, that's <laughs> probably something that comes to an impatient person and someone <laughs> who who wants to be different and someone who wants to to get something out of the the mainstream. So. Yeah, so I was able to go back and actually feel uh, feel well of being in my country with my family and my friends. So that was really good. I also was able in those 13 years to to find someone who I really loved. And his name is Rodrigo. He's actually hearing us. I hope he is. Exactly. Shout sleepy. out to Rodrigo. <laughs> uh, so I was able to, to come out to my parents and to my friends. And that was so, like, life-changing for me it took me a while i wasn't out here in sonoma i didn't really know who i was at that time and it took me a while i needed uh, sonoma in my life for me to to realize that and and then go to brazil and say hey yeah um i'm gay i, I should come out to, to my friends at least and so i did so it, it's changed a lot um now if you if you ask me who's bruno now i'm like Oh, I'm actually more undecided about life now. <laughs> After you go to college, I know a lot of people are going to understand what I'm saying, but... After you go to college, you think, no, you have everything planned. You know you know what you're going to do. You know what uh, you're supposed to. But that's when you say, hey, now I'm 30, which is my age now, guys. Yeah, please feel old, whoever is listening. Um, <laughs> I feel old right here. <laughs> You're so young. Come on. Uh, yeah, so I, I actually got a chance to to rethink, like, my route again. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe I – maybe Brazil is not the best place for me to live in. I'm, we're just talking about it. It's not, like, the best place to to raise a kid and, you know, to – 
you know, have all the opportunities. So we might, you know, go somewhere else to live. And uh, it was like what I needed to to maybe like change occupation. So that's why I'm not in, in civil engineering anymore, like um, totally deep on it. I work in a company that has um, some construction going on. So that's really it's enough for me to be like connected to my my field of uh college you know yeah. the, what i learned in college but you know just by knowing how much more i can learn uh, learn and discover in management and in other uh fields that are not really uh connected to civil engineering that was what i needed to you know broaden my horizons and you know go go further so I want to go back and acknowledge something that's pretty powerful. In 13 years, you know, I think of life as going through cycles. Yeah. And I think in that cycle, you said, you know, you became the engineer that you'd always dreamed of. You eventually, you you found a person that you love that you had to come out to your family about. And you kind of like found yourself in that period of time. Like you had a cycle where you didn't know who you were and then you found who you were. And now you're back in this cycle of like, yeah. okay, now what? What's the next phase of understanding? And I think it's so important that we acknowledge those kind of chapters when they close and when the next one starts because in the moment we're like you know <laughs> zooming through you know what i mean so i'm so glad that you shared that with us um and then yeah 30 is another big age you know yeah in whatever cycle of life you're redefining your life you're thinking about what's going to happen you kind of talked about earlier making a course correction you know figuring out where where you are which kind of parallels brazil at the same time like oh okay yeah why was course correcting as you mentioned um brazil was also course correcting you know like brazil went through a really big economic crisis right after the world cup um which is crazy cause, in 2014 you know, yeah in 2014 world cup um, we got a yeah it was bad like the corruption schemes they were all out and you know not much investment went down to brazil and you know we had an impeachment going on in 2016 and yeah it was it was a mess guys so it was not the best time to get out of college yeah <laughs> not the best time will. to graduate yeah it wasn't so what uh what i got from that moment is that hey it's not crystal clear where it's gonna come next and that's something that you know everyone by this time should understand if especially after covid you know we don't know <laughs> what's going to happen you know next year or uh even next month so when you when you're aware of that and you can maybe be able to just um hey i can adapt you know we we are we are here as human beings because we adapted through time so when you can adapt and you can, you know, just not only go with the flow, but have a will, you know, and will and get some, you know, some ideas of what you want, you can just uh, put yourself into it and you can change your course. Of course, I'm not saying that it's easy. It's not. It's not going to come out to our minds and it's not going to be like a, a big eureka moment every time. But you have to do that in your lifetime because that's only you only got one to live totally. so if we do if i were i'm not saying that if i were like a civil engineer like a, the way i was actually thinking about being the whole time i was going to be unhappy i was not going to be unhappy but i would be always uh, asking myself hey what should i have done what could i have done differently you know so and that's this will and this idea of I can change, I can, you know, look for something else, that's the spark that you need right. to just course correct and, you know, keep on. So, you know, we've been talking about your experiences with other cultures and other continents. And I think when you talk about how you define yourself, sometimes you define yourself by pushing your own envelope, by testing out what around you, what what you aren't just as much so you can define what you are. And how has experiencing different cultures impacted how you see yourself today? You know, actually, like, as I mentioned before, it's something that 
only by knowing, like I had, while I was here, um, I had two exchange student friends. Um, they were from Denmark and Hong Kong. And, you know, our talks, our minds, our, we were 17 year olds, old, because we were just wanting the same things. That's mm -hmm. what I mentioned before, you know, the, like, even though we came from different backgrounds, even though we had different uh, school experiences, even though we did have totally different families, we wanted the same thing. We wanted to be happy. We wanted to, we, we saw the same movies. That's a good thing yeah. about, you know, the, like um, how America, you know, portrays to, to the to foreign language lens is that we could see the same movies and we could have the same um, generation mindset. And that's what I, get, I guess like really bonds us. And so being able to understand that the basis The base is different, you know, between one culture and the other, but um, the wills and most of the values are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. That's when you're like, hey, that's a big eureka moment that you're like, yeah, we're all the same in, in, the, in the end. It's kind of cool to have that generational experience where we're all in a similar, especially because of technology, yeah. have similar, we can have similar cultural experiences. And for many people, you know, uh, the pandemic was the first time that we really, really felt that yeah. where we were all experiencing the same things, but in different ways based on our, on our generation. So it's so cool how you can experience different cultures as part of, as part of yourself. So, you know, we've, we've been friends for a while now <laughs> <laughs> among your values, uh, just as a person, you know, you talk about being determined how hard it was for you to get that AFS scholarship. It wasn't just like you walked in the office and they stamped your passport and you went, you, uh, you're a driven guy. You, you had to work really hard to do, get your civil engineering and you have a strong sense of, of justice of like, of, of what's right. What do those values mean to you? I mean, how much of, of you do you think those values are? Yeah, this is what, um, really make me who I am, you know, just like this determination kind of thing is something that I learned when I came here. Because if, sorry about the, yeah, <laughs> but I was really like, through all the time I was here, like I was, hey, uh, no, I need a scholarship. And the guy said, oh, we don't have scholarships. I was like, no, you, you're going to come up with a scholarship. And he yeah. was like, yeah, we might, but are you sure you want to come to the, to our, you know, meetings and everything? Yes, I'm, I'm sure I will. Um, and eventually he said, hey there's a scholarship and you can, you know, sign for it. And just having the, this determination and all like really putting my mind into it. And, and that's something that really shaped me throughout my life. You know, that of course you're not going to be able to have everything you want all the time. That's so obvious, you know, that's so logical, but If you want something and you, you really put your mind into it, it, it's something that really, it moves. It moves mm -hmm. in your, towards your direction. It might get you. So um, don't waste your time by just, you know, hey, um, that might happen, but it's too tough. You know, that scholarship was really tough. It was not handed to me, like you said. Um, it, but I always put my mind into it saying that, hey, If there is uh, like 1% of chance that that can happen, at least I'm going to be able to say that I tried. You know, at least I'm going to be able to say that, hey, I did everything I could to get it. So this determination actually like shapes uh, who I am all the time. And the justice sense that you mentioned is just that by going, like by living in, 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 in countries like we, we talked here, um, in different countries like we talked here and by just by being Brazilian, just it is something that really um, uh, it's sometimes it's unfair, of course, but sometimes it's just what we need uh, for us to to say, hey, we're on the right track as as a community, as 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 human beings. So having this just a sense, you know, even like when someone cuts someone else in the line in the supermarket, that's something that really, really bugged me. And that really kind of, I would uh, step up and say something, you know, mm -hmm. that's something that 
I know it's too it's too small what the the example I'm giving, but uh, it's something that really if everyone did, no one would have to you know say something. You know, no yeah. one would have to take a stand. Well, I think it's powerful for us to identify what our values are, like kind of the 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 ideas that make us who we are and the experiences that would make us who we are and that's ultimately what this show is about you know asking questions so that yeah. we can celebrate the people that we are today so we only have a couple of minutes left here and uh i want to ask you first if you have any messages for the people of sonoma after uh now that you're back what do you want to share with them i just um if i never had the chance i want to just just thank uh, everyone who welcomed me here um i know most of you are not in sonoma anymore like all my friends uh, they they graduated with me and they left so but i know their parents are here and it was so important for me to be um a foreigner who didn't feel a foreigner all the time so yeah. thank you guys for that um to the sonoma valley high school um teachers and all the the staff members and everyone um, who who was there giving their own all to for our kids to have a good education that was really uh, important. And hey, Sonomians, Sonomans, sorry about that. So no, I just learned that word, guys. So that's why I'm saying that. <laughs> uh, Sonomans, you guys are doing a fantastic job just by keeping your town um, a safe place to be in, uh, a place that welcomes people from all over the world and you guys are doing an amazing job by maintaining the town the way it is so people like me who were here for one year uh, could come and feel the same way they were here 13 years ago you know mm -hmm. and it's such a when we come when i got here i was so mesmerized by how small sonoma was and how people were um wanting to give their all and you know just showing their their town to everyone else and be so proud of sonoma and all the wine country and everything else so just keep doing what you guys are doing because it's amazing and i love this town and i'll be here as many times as i can well you're always welcome back bruno it's always been a, a real pleasure having you here on the show um Yeah, if they're Thanks a lot. if people want to find out more about what you're doing, where do they go? Oh, uh, I'm not that. Even <laughs> though I'm 30, I'm not that you know Instagrammy like. But <laughs> if you guys want to follow me, you can find me at at Bruno Frey James, which is F R E I J A E N E S. And go see what this uh, Brazilian Sonoma is up to. Okay. Um, again, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you, Bruno. Thank you, everyone, as always, for tuning in. It's been, uh, it's been great. This is my second live episode here in the studio, so I feel Yay. so lucky to have you here. Yeah. And though we've reached the end of this episode, feel free to tune in next week, because remember, it's not goodbye, it's hello, Sonoma. Sonoma.